Hey there, Wolfpack fans. It's been much too long since we've last chatted. We got a lot to cover. Most of it not good. We And that's just the reality of where we are right now um, in, in sports. Uh, we're, we've got to talk about the football team's loss to Louisville and, you know, some of the things I talked about in terms of uh, what could happen there. And we've also got to talk about women's basketball and, and the uh, big loss that they took at UConn and why there there probably is a little bit of alarmist reaction to that. And there's probably a lot of anger from football carrying over. And I'm going to tell you why that's not such a good thing and why folks need to hold their horses a little bit in terms of, you know, already or complaining about things that are not things with the women's basketball team. Stick with me while we go over all of these losses and more on today's episode of Locked on Wolfpack. Our Locked On Wolf Pack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolf Pack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So, folks, we've got to talk about the uh, loss to Louisville and and you know how that went down and all that. And again, I'm it starts and ends here with me. It, it very seriously starts and ends right here with me. I do not know how in what world it is feasible, reasonable, rational that Tim Beck is still our play caller. I don't understand it. I, I genuinely do not understand that at any level, at any level, any level. Let me explain to you why this is is so problematic for me number one jack chambers needs to not play anymore i mean i I don't i don't think that anybody can make an argument for hey the offense is better when jack chambers is in um based on what based based upon what information who told you anything what have you seen to say that the offense is objectively better with uh with Jack Chambers in. We've seen the offense with Jack Chambers in as opposed to MJ Morris. It looked better with MJ. We've seen the offense with um, Ben Finley in instead of um, instead of Jack Chambers. And I I don't I don't say this lightly because I know the implications that this has, and I know uh, what happens when you when you say things like this. Jack Chambers, for all the things that he did well and at, at his last stop and all that, he is not a power five quarterback. And that's okay. That's all right. That's all right. But if we want any shot, and I mean, when I say any shot, I mean the slightest iota of a possibility of a shot at beating the boys in baby blue, it's real simple to me. It is very, it is painfully simple to me jack chambers cannot play quarterback anymore he he can't he can't and then moving on uh from there another reason why i'm I'm looking at beck and saying hey man this is it's it's gotten out of hand now the reality is our defense is trying their darndest standing on their heads. And were they perfect? No, there were a lot of missed tackles. There was a, a lot of things that, I mean, objectively, you just you, you need to 
you know, figure it out. But you know what? They were aggressive all game, and Hudson had a good game. If you give me Hudson versus Aiden White, 10 times out of 10, I'm going to take that. If you say, Ken, we will do everything we can to stop the run, but it's going to leave you with some one-on-ones on the outside. Against this team with a backup quarterback, against this Louisville team, I'm all right with that. I'm okay with that. We'll live. And you know what's crazy? For the most part, they did. 12 of 25 for 153 yards. That's that's what they put up. That's what Brock Dolman put up. If our, if they're not rushing for 300-some-odd yards, 250-some-odd yards, something crazy like that, if you hold a team to those numbers passing, you should have a, a, the ability to get yourself a win. But you can't when Tim Beck's doing the play calling. You can't. And again, let me talk about this one more time because a lot of people seem to think that I will at some point in time switch my position on this. We used Thayer Thomas as a guy who set a a rub for uh, Julian Gray on a couple plays. We used Thayer Thomas as a a guy who um, was the, the... run the defense off guy and all that. But we targeted Daryl Jones 10 times. Don't get me wrong. I like Daryl Jones a lot. He's a big body guy. He's reliable, big catch radius, all that good stuff. There is not a single world. Let me say this one more time. There is not a single world that exists where, again, I'm talking – We're not even talking about just, oh, is it a freshman? Is it an older guy? You're down to your first. Nope. Devin Leary's hurt. You're not with your first string quarterback. Sorry, my mind glitched there for a second. You're down to your second. Nope. MJ Morris is hurt. You're not down to your second. You're down to your third and fourth string quarterbacks. And for whatever reason, we don't say, you know what? We have to figure out who the playmakers are and get them the ball. We have to find a way to get the playmakers the ball in space. We got to find a way to do it. Michael Allen touching the ball is the only thing that I'll give him uh, a little bit of kudos and love for because, again, 11 touches, 72 yards, and a touchdown on the uh, big 34-yard reception. On that wheel route, let me tell you, this is as sure as the sun rises on the east and sets on the west. You've got to know a few things. And again, if Tim Beck is a better offensive coordinator, we don't run into these problems because you can say what you want about injuries. But if you know, oh, well, uh, we've got some injury problems going on right now. And you're not saying to yourself, okay, Grant Gibson is hurt. Dylan McMahon is doing his best, but he's not Grant. And therefore, there will be some off-time snaps. There will be some problematic things in the exchanges. And because Dylan McMahon was a starter somewhere else on the line, he has to kick inside, which means somebody has to come off the bench and replace him, et cetera, et cetera. If you are not looking at this, and, and a lot of people will say, well, you know, I want to see him push the ball down the field more. I didn't. I want to see them run route concepts that get guys open underneath. For everything that you do or don't believe about Julian Gray, for everything that you do or don't believe about Porter Rooks, for everything that you do or don't believe about their time, one thing that I can tell y'all sure is the sun rises on the east and sets on the west. All three of those guys have big ability 
when they get the ball in their hands after the catch. And Keon Lassane as well. Keon Lassane, the only problem with him was that he had a bad case of the drops his first couple of years. But now that he's gotten that figured out, the fact that, again, I need to see very, very basic day one stuff. And I know what you're thinking, Ken, if it's basic at day one, doesn't the defense have their things in to stop it? Sure. But you don't know which one is coming. You don't know which one is coming. If you say, hey, I'm going to sit in uh, hard cover two, and when we sit in hard cover two, I want y'all to jump everything. Okay. So have a tight end, run a stick and go, run the mesh concept with it. Because guess what? If they're jumping everything and you see what you believe to be um, a stick route to accompany that mesh, then what you're going to do is you're going to play up and say, oh, okay, because we're in zone, one part of the mesh is going to sit down here. One part of the mesh is going to sit down here in the zone. And this stick route is going to be either right outside of the guy that's dragging across or one of the guys is dragging across, or you can take it in like that. It's it's like a slant, but it's not. It's, it's a lot like a slant. You sit down, sit down where the Mike linebacker would be if he wasn't jumping everything underneath. Any way you look at it, you're going to see a situation that that play is going to open up quickly. That play is going to make something shake quickly. And if we can't hit that pass, because, again, you're going cover two, and, of course, the runoff routes on the outside are, are going to be go routes. So when you see that, or so when you have that, both of the safeties are occupied, or at least the safety to the side with the uh, stick and go should have a go attached to it. That way, your safety runs off. And boom, the play opens up right there. Bada bing, bada boom. Again, why are we not running simple, day one, quick game, get it out your hands, get it to your playmakers in space type of stuff? I don't understand it. There were too many times where I see the ball, there's a hold of the ball for 1-1,000, 2 sack. There were too many times... And and there were plays that I did think were drawn up fairly decently, but there were also there was also Jack Chambers blowing those plays. There was also them rushing six, us having five in the block, and Jack Chambers not hitting his hot. And that's day one stuff. As a quarterback, you have to know if they are blitzing six, if they are bringing more than we can block, then that means that they are either in man across the board or they're saying, okay, uh, these are our zones. And the first person that comes takes a step towards your zone, that's who you need to go with, which is basically man in and of itself. Either way it goes, you have to know if they have more at the line of scrimmage than we can block, who is my hot? I need to be able to get rid of it right away. But you know what, what I know, what it tells me when a quarterback doesn't know that right away? And not just any quarterback, a quarterback that you knew was going to have to play. Because Dave Doring today said that the, the health of the team isn't anybody's business. Sure, it's not my business. I don't need to know who's healthy and who's hurt. It, it ain't going to make me no never mind either way. I just got back work. And this is not, my check will not get heavier or lighter based upon if I know uh, NC State's health situation. But Tim Beck should probably know. And if Tim Beck knows, well, okay, uh, MJ Morris is out for either this game or the season. I don't know how long MJ Morris is going to be out for, but he's out. Okay, so with that in mind, well, maybe, probably, we should let 
our two quarterbacks are going to play, we should go over with them in very basic, very clear, straightforward detail. Louisville likes to bring pressure. And when they come out in this look, this is what we need to be ready to do. We need to be ready to hit the hot right here. We need to be in this play. This is the route combination. This is the first guy that's going to be breaking and looking back for the ball. The ball needs to be to him right away. The ball needs to be to him right away when they're blitzing more than we can block. Because guess what? You're going to have from the time that that ball is snapped till when that defender can get to you to get rid of it. Which, I mean, nine times out of ten, that's about what? Six, seven yards? If you're lined up in shotgun at four to five, you take another, um, you take another couple for a drop. I mean, you're you're looking at how quickly can he travel five yards? That ball needs to be snapped. Okay, they are bringing six. Somebody's coming unblocked. Where's my hot? Hit the hot. Bada bing, bada boom. That's the deal right there. We didn't get it done. Which again, if at this point, and you know, there's some speculation about Dave Dorn going to Nebraska that we'll talk about later. But again, at a very fundamental level, yes, the defense was not perfect. Not saying that they were. Not arguing that they were at in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Yes, there were some plays where we missed some tackles uh, and, and things went wrong. Absolutely. In the ACC, if you are holding an offense to 18 points, you need to get support from your offense and special teams. And we didn't get that. Giving up a huge kick return for their first touchdown of the game. We did not get that support for our defense. And again, people can say what they want about me and my and my take that this is a playoff defense. Again, if you pair this defense with uh, that those Ohio, I'm not Ohio State, those Oklahoma teams with Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, all those guys, you really think they don't fare no better than they did? Are you sure about that? Are you sure? Okay, this is this right here. This defense. Stands on their head, does amazing things. Even the best defenses that we've ever seen have times where they didn't look great. One of the Alabama defenses that had like four or five guys drafted, uh, they allowed, they were tied at half with an FCS team that runs triple option. I can't remember. I can't remember the team exactly. But that has happened before. Again, I say all this to say, we can pretend like, oh, our defense should be lights out. They should know that they're going to have to only allow 10 to 13 points to win game. Every defense has a bad game or two. And our defense hasn't even had a game that was like, oh, my God, this is horrendous. What are y'all doing? Because that that's, that's not what this team has put on tape. That's not what this team has put on film. Even if we look at our losses this year, only one team all year, one, once, no more, has scored 30 on us. And that was Clemson. That's it. That's it. Boston College, 21. Louisville, 25. And we can't get over that? We can't get over that? We don't deserve a win. We don't deserve it. And that's, that's the honest-to-God truth. That is the... I'm starting to think that every defense that plays Tim Beck has simply saved the way they're protecting that thing because it, 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 we just can't seem to get in. And speaking of, let's talk about Simply Safe here. It is very clear that Simply Safe, if you've thought about securing your home with home security, 
and have been putting it off. Simply Safe is is what you need and you need it right now. And I need you to listen up because trust me, Locked On Wolfpack listeners, you can get the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year and you won't want to miss it. Here's why. Trust me, Simply Safe has your back with their 24/7 monitoring agents or Simply Safe tech support staff, you name it and they've got you. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by US News and World Report for a third year in a row. There is no safe like Simply Safe. And in an emergency, please understand 24/7 professional monitoring agents use fast protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify that the threat is real so you can get priority police response. Again, go to Locked On College, go to simplysafe.com slash locked on college, get 50% off your new Simply Safe system. Uh there's no safe like Simply Safe. So let me talk about this for a second because I've already talked about the fact that um our our every game was winnable, but every game was losable down the stretch. As far as these last two games, again, if I see Jack Chambers on that field, I'm going to know we're not serious about winning this game. And again, I am not the type. I understand the historical context of, you know, telling black quarterbacks to change positions and all that. And, and Jack Chambers has done good things other places. Again, he is not a quarterback at the power five level. He's just not. At the FBS level, sure. I'm sure that there are teams in group of five. I'm sure that there are some independents that would love to have him on their roster. He's not the quarterback for NC State. That's just the reality there. But now we've got to talk about um, the the women's basketball team losing to UConn. And, you know, I, I think that there is something super unserious about, like, saying, oh, well, uh, this team is, you know, they're, they're just god-awful and – and somebody said that this is what you get for scheduling a, a week out of conference schedule. And I'm just like, of all the things that you can talk about in terms of this women's basketball team, scheduling a week out of conference schedule is not one of them. To have already played multiple teams that are that were in last year's tournament and to have more coming up that were in last year's tournament. A Georgia team that beat this team last year coming up. A South Florida team that was in the tournament last year. An Iowa team that is number nine in the nation. What more can you truly ask for from Westmore? But I digress. We're going to talk about the actual game now. This was a game in which, you know, UConn pretty much had its way offensively. They set the tone in, in terms of what they wanted to do. Uh, Ozzy Fudd just could not miss. And there was there was basically anybody that Nika Mule was passing to was going to get a bucket. Now, with that being said, a lot of people are saying, well, you know, this team didn't have Paige Beckers and, and you need to be able to win this game and all that. And this was supposed to be a revenge game and all these emotions and all this. This team is the first time in some time that we are not seeing direct continuity from last year. This is the first time. Remember what I told y'all about this team coming into this season and talking about what there was going to have to be in terms of the the players who – we're going to have to adjust in their roles. Talking about how Jakia Brown-Turner was good last year. She was really good. But there were times where it was like she would kind of fade into the background and let other folks do it. That you can't you can't survive like that anymore because Jakia Brown-Turner has to be one of the best players on the court at all times. 
if if NC State is to do anything, if NC State is to be what we were before, she has to be that player that shows up, that dominates, that is is putting on a full offensive display on a regular. It can't be what it was before in that, oh, man, you look up and say, man, did she have a, a, a 30-point game? Did she have a 25-point game? Oh, what good for her. What a time. It has to be consistent. It has to be showing up at all times. And it just, it seemed like she just was not there for this game in that way. But don't worry, it wasn't just about her and, and her inability to do things. I mean, this team as a whole was sloppy basketball down the stretch. It was lots of, of bad turnovers down the stretch. It was lots of bad shots taken, as clear from our 24%, um, as clear from our 24% shooting percentage from deep. This game was close. We were right there, and then we weren't. But the reality is uh, Diamond Johnson shooting 14 threes is never going to be a winning recipe for us. It never will be. It never will be. Jakia Brown-Turner and what I talk about in terms of saying she has to be more aggressive, she has to do more, all that type of stuff. She got in some foul trouble. I understand that. That kept her out of the game. So she has to shoot more, especially in a game like this where, you know, it's it's getting ugly and you're shooting about 50%, you have to keep shooting. You have to keep shooting. It, 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 there's no way around that. And so, you know, this was this was a game in which you you look at it, you say, okay, what did we do? What went well? What didn't? But at the end of the day, you ball it up and you throw it away. You ball it up and you say, hey, this, this happened. We got to move past it. We got to get better. We got to get better. And I'm going to tell you this, again, in terms of the, the role changes, Camille Hobby is another one of those players that I look at and I say, okay, you were a backup to one of the best players in the nation for years. Now it's your time to step up in that role, and you're not going to replace her one for one. But you need to be playing at a level that is like, hey, this is, this is good stuff. There's, there, you're putting out good things on the floor, and that you know, you're playing at a level to where there is – not necessarily, again, the perfect one-for-one replacement, but you're doing enough good things to where it's like, it makes sense. And that's just not happening in this game, in this game against UConn. So UConn's one of the best teams in the nation, one of the most storied programs in the nation. To beat that team is always going to be a tough out, right? To beat that team on the road, always going to be a tough out. But with that being said, there is so much season left for this team. There is so much basketball left for this team. There is so much that you look at and you say to yourself, hey, this team, again, we lost to them two times straight in uh, Bridgeport. You look at it and you say, or I don't know where the actual, where UConn actually plays, but you look at it, you say, hey, this happened, you throw it away, you, you, you just, you keep it moving. You keep it moving. And again, this team, they are grow- going to grow together. They're going to go through some growing pains that we're not used to seeing. Remember, the continuity that we saw for these past few years is an exception in every sport in college, in every sport in college sports in terms of um, football, basketball, baseball, women's basketball, men's basketball, all that stuff. It's rare. We don't have that anymore. We don't have that situation of all of these very, very experienced senior vets that have been in their role. For years, Alyssa Kunane was in her role as a star for 
basically three years. Basically three years. Kayla Jones was in her role as the do-everything player for basically two, three years. Kai Crutchfield was 3 and D for three years. That was her role for three years. These players are stepping into new roles. They're stepping into new situations, new territories. So with that being said, the reality is, again, you're looking at what this team is or is not going to be. Don't let the negativity that you got for football right now seep over into this women's basketball team because that's not fair to them. That's not fair to them. Of all the all the stuff we talk about, football and basketball and baseball and the the the, uh, the championship drop, the conference championship drop, women's basketball has given us back to back to back championships. So if anybody needs some grace, needs some love, needs some, we ain't questioning nothing about them. It's Westmore in the game, and that's just the reality there. Okay, that that's if there is anybody who has earned that grace, it is them by far. And that's just the reality. Anywho, our partners at Nissan have worked with us to create a new segment across Locked On College Network titled Thrilling Moments, where we highlight the most exciting play from the Wolfpack's weekend game or throughout the history of Wolfpack sports. This week's thrilling moment is going to be, uh, it, actually, I'm, I'm going to say this. This week's thrilling moment, we're going to hold off on it only because, only because I am really and truly I am really and truly under the mindset that there is something special coming up this Friday. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, everybody's saying, oh, UNC is going to be pissed off if they just got a lot of money like this stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I'm That team is right for the picking. I don't care if they just got picked off by Georgia Tech anyway. That team's right for the picking. We'll see. Anywho, this segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. So, folks, the next thing that I, I want to talk about is the, the potential Dave Dorn to Nebraska stuff. Okay. I'm going to say this. I think that Dave Dorn going to Nebraska would be a mistake for all parties involved. I really and truly do for multiple reasons. Everybody's saying, oh, Dave Dorn's a Midwestern guy and like he wants to go back and da da da. I'm going to tell you this. And the flight manifesto from Nebraska's uh, brass showed that there was a stop in RDU. I'm going to tell you this. And I'm going to tell you this real simply. Okay. Dave Dorn has a chance to go down as like, again, all, almost every record as a coach, he has the opportunity to own it at NC State. Almost every one of them. And on top of that, this whole idea of like, oh, you're going to reset your clock if you go somewhere else, and that's good for you. So you're going to go through a situation where, let's just be honest about this. I've talked about the fact that I don't think that the ACC is the worst of the Power Five conferences. We're not the best either. We're not. That's not not even a discussion for me. If you think that it's tough to win recruiting battles against you know uh, teams in this area, <laughs> wait till you hear about these boys from Columbus. Oh, wait, they've already taken a guy out of our area in Noah Rogers. If you think it's tough to beat out Clemson, wait till you got to beat those guys in maize and blue, the, the Michigan Wolverines. Oh, boy, you're going to have some time. You're going to have some fun. If you think that it's hard beating out 
the the boys in baby blue. Wait until the Nittany Lions over there from uh, College Station are coming for you. I'm sorry, Happy Valley. They're not College Station. Happy Valley. The boys up in Happy Valley and James Franklin come come knocking at your your best recruits door. This would be a mistake, um, the likes of which hadn't been seen in some time. But how would it affect NC State? Because again, we're not. This ain't locked on Dave Dorn. This is locked on Wolfpack. How would it affect NC State if Dave Dorn left? I'm going to tell you this. Uh, replacing a coach is all about, again, like the date market, What are how valuable are you? What can you get? How are the replacement levels? The odds that you replace some, the, the odds that you replace Coach Dorn with a coach better than him. I think, I, I want to say you got a 65, 35 chance of getting worse in terms of like, the full scope of the program for this reason. If you have a really good coach, can we keep them at NC State long-term is the question. That's that's realistic. That's just being completely honest. Can we keep a coach who we bring in to NC State who is, re- if they are a lot better than Dorn, can we keep them here for the long run? I That's just being honest. That's just being completely honest. I think we can. I think it's possible. I think that this place can be the the dream destination for the right coach. But with that being said, I think that that coach would have a similar trajectory to Dorn, at least in the beginning, to where it's like, all right, we're, we're kind of having to rebuild this thing back up. And then when they get to where they're going, it'll be good. But again, there is that 35% chance that, that just to me, just in my estimation, that we end up in a better position. You know what I mean? And I ain't going to be mad at him. Ain't going to be no hatred or vitriol coming from me if Dorn were to decide to go to Nebraska. But I, I just... You know, he does what's best for his family, more power to him. I just think it'd be a mistake for all parties involved. Wolfpack fans, thank you for sticking with me. I appreciate you so very much. Y'all make this show what it is. Peace and love, y'all. And as always, go Pack. You are locked on Wolfpack. Your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 